Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Fangirls Podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Julie, and we are so excited to dish and spill the tea with you. So I'm like a newer Marvel fan, but I'm kind of getting with it. And so this movie, Black Widow, takes place between Captain America's Civil War and Avengers Infinity War. Yes. So this is the biggest single day gross since the onset of COVID-19, and it is poised to rake in $87.8 million in its first weekend. And we're recording this episode on July 11th, so it's only been two days since it came out. Wow. That's impressive and incredibly long awaited. Yes. Um, I have not seen a Marvel movie since July of 2019. Yeah. Like in theaters. When I went and saw it yesterday, I was so pumped to like to be back in a movie theater again. Yeah. Be immersed in that, you know, action packed big screen. Like you're just enveloped into this movie and it did not disappoint. Not at all. Casting for Black Widow. We have David Harbour as Alexi, who's the Russian super soldier. Yeah. Uh, we have Rachel Weisz who plays Molina, a spy slash assassin for the Russian government, if you will, on top of Black Widow and Yelena's surrogate mom, mom, if you will. And then you have Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow, who plays also Natasha Romanoff. Florence Pugh Mm -hmm. as Yelena Belova, who is set to be the new Black Widow. Widow. Yeah, I'm excited about this. Oh, yes. Going back to the movies in general, Mm -hmm. let alone a Marvel movie experience, hands down, my favorite Marvel movie experience was when I saw Avengers Endgame with 20 to 30 of my closest cast member friends, Disney cast member friends. Oh, that's so fun. It was by far the most interactive movie experience I've ever had in my life. And it's not just a matter of like getting 20 to 30 of your closest friends together. We all just showed up at the right time for a movie, not even planning it. And we're like, Hey, how's it going? <laughs> you know, and if you accidentally did that. Yeah. I know 10 of us had planned it to yeah. get together. The rest just showed up at the same time, just I trying to that. go and be dedicated Marvel fans as a team between characters and imaging our department under entertainment. I mean, we just roared. Like we felt every emotion. We mm-hmm. laughed, we cried, we screamed, we cheered. Like my anxiety was super heightened. I was like, no, don't go after Cap. No, don't go after Than. You know, don't go after Thor. It was just a great experience. I hope there's a reunion where we get to do that together again because it was so much fun. Out of nowhere in the, behind me, I just hear, get it, Danvers! As Captain Marvel <laughs> just goes through Thanos' ship. Black Panther came out with his army. The crowd roared. I mean, it was just an explosive interactive movie experience that you can only get in a theater with your closest friends and coworkers for that matter. I just really hope we get to a point where we can have that type of Marvel movie reunion again. I think it's definitely moving in that direction. You know, it was really fun. And this was our first time back in the theater and we took the kids to the movies and that excitement kind of electric hum underneath everything where you go into a theater and you're seeing a new movie. It was definitely felt and the kids were so excited, even just watching previews of things, you know, like you forget how fun that is, you know, because it's been such a long time. And what a great movie to kind of kick off 
that experience. This was a kick-ass movie for sure. Yeah. So we do have some updates for you. Wakanda Forever started production in late June. Read an article, I want to say it was through Variety.com, that production has started for Wakanda Forever and it's slated for a July 22nd of 2022 release. Oh, we have an exact date. Yes. That's exciting. Not saying it can't be pushed back because everything (laughs) per the pandemic has been at the same time. That's the tentative date that they're aiming for. Okay. I'm really excited about this. The director was making a point of really emphasizing how they're going to make Chadwick proud. And I was like, oh, right, right in the feels, man. And per Marvel's, they are coming out with a animated series called What If... And this is supposed to be Chadwick Boseman's last performance. Oh, wow. So the overall concept of it is it's exploring pivotal moments in the MCU. It's just like different storylines just in general. So the first episode. Alternate storyline? Yeah, I guess you could. Like what would have happened? Like what if? Like what would have happened if this happened instead of this? Yes. So the first episode is supposed to be what if Peggy Carter took the super soldier serum instead of Captain America, like Steve Rogers. What? Yeah. And they do have most of the, the original cast lined up. Voicing to do the voiceover it? Work. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, That's cool. So Peggy Carter, Chadwick Boseman, Chris Evans, Benedict Cumberbatch is on. And there's a handful of others, but there's a whole bunch of new cast members too that weren't originally part of the MCU. This so, is really cool. I love yeah. And this comes out that. next month in August. Oh, fun. Where is it going to stream on Disney Plus? Yes. And Sebastian Stan is going to be in this. Tom Hiddleston, Haley Atwell. She's the one. Haley Atwell, yes. She plays Peggy Carter, Robert Downey Jr., Dominic Cooper. Are you serious? That's like everybody. Yeah. This and is it's amazing. Brie Larson. The animation Red. was impressive too. Yeah, it definitely has a very comic book feel, which is super cool. I love it. Right. Oh, this is going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. This is Chadwick Boseman's last performance, period. So here's the part of the show where we spill the tea. This means spoilers. We are going to be talking about everything in Black Widow that happened. We've seen the movie. We're talking about it. We need to debrief on this. So if you haven't seen the film, watch the film and then listen. Okay. So this film right off of the bat sinks its hooks into your heartstrings and it does not let go. Okay. I felt that this was a good Marvel movie, but I also felt like there were a lot of missed opportunities. It being its first like female led film in the Marvel universe. I, I'm not saying I had super high expectations, but this movie has been 10 years in the making. When Wonder Woman came out, that nailed not just the female audience, but it had so much respect from DC fans. And I just, again, I felt like there were so many missed opportunities, starting with, I wish that they showed more of her past. Like they gave tiny snippets and I wanted more. I wanted Easter eggs. It was very short. A lot of montage of things happening during that time. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted Marvel Easter eggs. I like they've done so beautifully in their Disney plus series, Marvel shows very well. Um, I wanted to see, how do you put it? Uh, 
I wanted to see what made her go to shield. Like what made her realize that she was working for the bad guy and wanted to be good. I wanted to see that. Well, she did start out as a spy. Yes. Because it was um, Natasha Rushford, not Natasha Romanoff. So I don't think she was quite wanting to be on the good side yet at that point. But But I wanted to see what made her turn to be on the good side. I wanted to see like a Clint moment from she like I wanted to see Fury approach her. I wanted to see that that moment happen where she was just like, this needs to happen. How do I make it happen? I wonder if just because they had to put it somewhere, the movie back in time, because she's died in Endgame. Right. So they had to put it somewhere. And I don't think they could have gone back 10 or 12 years because, you know, people get older, you know, she doesn't look like, you know, a teenager. They would have had to like cast someone else for like a teenager part or something like that, even though she kind of started in her early 20s. So I wonder if it had to do with just timing and casting. And because they, they, you know, talks for this movie, I I think it was like 2012 that it was going to happen. 2014, they started talking about it and it just didn't happen because I guess the board that decides things at Marvel, they disbanded it and then it went into somebody else's hands. So I kind of feel like they were doing the best with what they had, but they did wait too long and it could have been better. There could have been more, there could have been moments because yeah, I was totally expecting a Clint moment. Mm -hmm. There wasn't one. No, not at all. And they showed a little snippet of her past as like, she was, it was like the last rite of passage before she went into shield, like the, the dirty deed that she had to do um, before like fully committing to going into shield. And so it was killing the daughter of the killing the daughter. Yeah. And I feel like if they can show that there, there must've been more storyline that they cut out. And I feel like they probably filmed it, but they just realized that the, the movie was too long and had to make adjustments. Maybe. I think that there was like a, a really specific storyline that they were telling. This was to pass the torch yes. to her sister. And I feel like they did a beautiful job in doing that. Like they, that's probably the overall highlight next to the end credit scene. I think they did such a good job setting Florence Pugh up for success to be the next Black Widow. Every ounce of it. They gave her every witty one-liner. They made a point of featuring her so much more than I feel like any other character. I felt her storyline had the most dimension out of everyone else's. And I feel like that's what's going to set up the, the young Avengers that should happen, you know, who knows when. But between Florence Pugh and Haley Steinfeld, who's supposed to be in the Hawkeye series coming out in fall, mm-hmm. I feel like that, like they did a great job setting up Florence Pugh for that. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have equal screen time, but she had enough screen time to where it was like, okay, they're really trying to feature her here. And we Mm -hmm. do know a lot about Natasha Romanoff. We know she is like the heart of the Avengers. You know, she is. She's like, I'm always cleaning up your boys' messes, or like, you know, the part where she's tells um T'Challa, like, I told you I would 
help you find Captain America, not catch him. Like she's just loyal. We know this about her. To me, it was one of those movies where it's, it is its own movie, but it's making the way for other movies. It is. You know, like here we're setting up all of this to make this other movie make sense, which is fine, but it does bother me because I wish we could have known. We don't know much about Natasha Romanoff. Like you're saying, like, I want to know more about her past because there's a lot of times where in movies where her and Clint are saying stuff like, oh, this, you know, reminds me of Budapest, but like what happened there? And then they made a point of saying Budapest, Budapest, Budapest. But then they didn't say like, oh yeah, this one time this thing happened. Like, well, what happened there? You know, we don't get to know that about her. Exactly. I did like how they showed the family unit. And even though it was like a fake family, it felt real to her and her sister. She wanted it to be real. And if you're pretending for three years, you kind of start to feel real what you see and hear and feel every day. And it was interesting that her mom in that scene was like, how do you still have a heart after all of this? I think it's because of the Avengers. That was her family. She got a family again. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. You know, and I think having your family, the only family you've ever known stripped away from you, it really shapes you as a person, but that, you know, who she is intrinsically was kind of always there. Like the moment as a little girl, she's holding up the gun. to the men. And she's like, I will kill you. And she's like protecting her sister. She's always been fiercely loyal and protective Mm -hmm. of those that she loves. I think the way to have a heart is to love people. It is. is. I don't know. Again, when, when you go back and you hear how she thought she was dumped in a trash can. Yeah. Only to find out that she was selected and that her mom, who was very persistent, her biological never stopped looking for her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that speaks volumes to Natasha's character as well. Mm -hmm. Very persistent. Never backs down. Whatever it takes, right? Whatever it takes. I was looking for that phrase. Didn't see it at all. I was. Yeah. And I was about that again. Giant missed opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I might sound biased because it's my own fan theory, but whatever. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And I I think that they kind of had this one track mind of we're setting up the next Black Widow. Mm hmm. You know, which is great, but kind of a bummer. Although I thought it was really interesting. The concept of an army of unwanted girls is how it was like portrayed. And then they're turned into killing machines. And at first I thought this was because no one would suspect them. But then I realized when, you know, when Dimitri said this is the world's greatest natural resource, that the unwanted girls were chosen due to the high number of unwanted girls there were or are in the world, you know, and some of them were pursued, right. And, and taken, mm-hmm. but, um, a lot of them, you know, were unwanted. I was like, Oh, that is a That's very hard to thought. hear. Yeah. That's a very hard reality to hear. Yeah. And I mean, not to get too political here, but like sex trafficking and everything else under the sun, which caters to that argument of unwanted girls mm-hmm. and, what we could use or, you know, or not we, I should say, what society feels their purposes caters to his argument of look at all these unwanted girls that we can take. Yeah. Well, I think their place in society is that they're just invisible. Exactly. Which he was, you know, banking on that. And now he's controlling all of these, or he was controlling all of these girls, but it was nice that they're now free and who knows that will probably be another black widow movie where she frees more of them or something happens or whatever. 
mm-hmm. to kind of end that. When Natasha's talking about how she thought she destroyed the Red Room, did that happen in another movie? No, I think they thought the Red Room was where Antonia was with Dracoff. So when so they're referring Antonio, to that, okay, yeah, that was my take. They're like, no, that's when we killed him. We saw his daughter go up the stairs, go run up to Dracoff. And- so that's just she was just referring to a flashback which they showed, and it wasn't in another movie. Correct. Okay. Correct. Got it. Again, the storyline takes place after Civil War and before Infinity War. Black Widow is on the run because the Avengers, part of the Avengers are in jail for breaking the Sokovia Accords. She's playing hard to get with uh, the U.S. government being on the run. In the process of that, she gets attacked by Taskmaster, which is a hired assassin by Drakoff, who was a villain from Black Widow's past. The whole premise of this was Black Widow goes back to Budapest, meets with Yelena, and realizes Drakoff isn't dead like she initially thought. They make it their mission to finally take out Drakoff. Yeah, and reverse the mind control or end the mind control without a serum or whatever it is. Okay, so even though Natasha did have some help from her family and her sister, I love that no one saved her she saved herself and not with the assistance of a man she was definitely the true hero in this movie and I feel like she did get rid of a little more of the red in her ledger yeah no I definitely feel like she there was a lot of redemption at the end yeah because she was just wanted to you know save Antonia I think that weighed on her probably her whole life since it happened, the guilt of thinking that you're killing a child Mm -hmm. and then to know that you didn't and to be able to kind of redeem yourself in the last moment. Like she was like, not going to give up on her. I I agree. Showed that. Yeah. Yeah. When they use the, the gas that would free Antonia's mind to like Mm -hmm. release the mind control in general. The first thing Antonio says is, is he gone? Yeah. Cause she tortured. Yeah. She was oh yeah. Slave. Yeah. Yeah. She was under his control, just like every other widow. And while he made a point of saying like, she's my finest prize or possession or my greatest success. Um, yeah, nobody wants to be owned. Nobody no, wants to be a possession in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Never. Even when it's your parent who's controlling you, it's, it was like, she was still a prisoner in her own mind. For sure. Anybody controlling you, whether it's a parent or not, is that's bad news. Yeah. I'm really curious to see what this new group that Val is recruiting will get up to. So knowing that Black Widow was filmed before uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Mm -hmm. like Val's character was supposed to be introduced last year. Interesting. Yeah. So in the comics, Val's character was a double agent like a russian sleeper agent on top of being an agent with shield i told you like she had she has a history with fury Mm -hmm. i think this caters to her sneakiness as a double agent this is the end credit scene guys this is a this is a huge spoiler by the way yelena goes and visits natasha's gravesite Mm -hmm. having a moment of peace with her you know with her sister val interrupts it and gives her 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 next assignment which is a photo of Hawkeye, which sets her up to be in the next 
upcoming Hawkeye series that comes out this fall. My question is, how do you not know what happened to your sister? You know, how do you, this should be public knowledge. But I I disagree though, because when he came back, Hulk said, Clint, where's Nat? He said nothing. I doubt he told anybody what really happened, except for maybe his wife. But anyone close to him would know that he would never do that. And this just kind of shows how Elena and Natasha, they were not close for years and years and years. She doesn't know him. She doesn't know Clint. She doesn't know anything about them. So, Right. But the scene at the lake where he's explaining, trying to explain to Thor, like, tell the Red Skull that it, you know, differently, like space magic. And Thor was just like arguing, like, we can bring her back. And that's not the case but i feel like the avenger like what clint told them is public knowledge like i don't think like the general public would think that black widow was murdered to bring you know in order to so bring what back did, half the world's population what did clint say about her death did he specifically say what happened it's alluded to he explained that she killed herself like she had to jump off a cliff in order to you know, there had to be some type of self-sacrifice to get that stone, to get that infinity stone. And I feel like it was alluded to that he explained the background of how Thanos killed Gamora in Infinity War. Mm -hmm. And that's when they go to that scene where they're all just like, okay, well, we have to avenge her death. We are, you know, in that respect. Okay, so there's a really interesting scene at the end of Endgame where Clint and Wanda are talking they're looking at the lake and he says i wish there was a way i could let her know that we won and then wanda's like she knows they both know talking about vision perhaps we'll see something like that in hawkeye i don't know in the hawkeye series maybe telling her it just seems like so unfinished it does you know just it absolutely does i could see why elena would I feel like she hasn't really completed her transformation from anti-hero to hero. So she probably still has trust issues. So she might, you know, grieving her sister, just believe what Val says, because who knows what their relationship is like? You know, like, I don't know this Clint person. I don't know if what he says is true. Even if it was plastered everywhere, she probably has some trust issues. Yeah. And I feel like she also knows Val too. She, I feel like she has. I feel like she may or may not have some trust issues with Val. I feel like Val, she knows Val from when she first became a Black Widow. Yeah. Now, is Val a widow or no? See, that's, I don't know. I don't think Val's a widow. I think she's just like a spy, a double, like a sleeper agent. Okay. My other theory is, again, huge missed opportunity, but I feel like Melina and Val know each other. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel okay. like there's a history between the two of them. There has to be a story there between the two of them on how the transition from like, especially when Black Widow went to go work for S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, I feel like there there has to be some backstory, like at that point. If Black Widow goes and works for S.H.I.E.L.D., your surrogate mom knows a sleeper agent who also worked for S.H.I.E.L.D. at one point. Like, there yeah. has to be some type of story. Well, I mean, probably in the next Black Widow movies or in Hawkeye, whatever her role is, we'll probably see that play out. I mean, there's so much you could do with that. Well, and that's the other thing. So 
you have Yelena. Okay, you saw the bond between Clint and Natasha. Mm-hmm. This is the second generation. Who knows? Maybe Yelena and Haley Steinfeld's Hawkeye will be best friends. Like maybe that's the next like storyline. The next duo. Yeah. yeah. Like don't go after my, you know, my mentor. Let's be friends. You don't know the whole backstory on how your sister died. Let me tell you. Now, Haley Steinfeld explains to me, is she, do we know how she comes into the story or is she Hawkeye's daughter grown up or what, what do we have here? No, no, no. I don't, she's not Hawkeye's daughter. She's um, Kate Bishop. Okay. I don't know her backstory, but I know she's supposed to like be the next Hawkeye. And I want to say like the backstory of the Hawkeye series is like Hawkeye mentoring Haley Steinfeld's Kate Bishop to take over. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, Florence Pugh, her performance, she played off of Scarlett Johansson really well. And I loved the sister dynamic between them and how Yelena teased Natasha about her pose. And that's just like so something a little sister would do. Like there's just, I mean, you and I, we both have sisters that are like, you know, a handful of years younger than us. Like there's a a big difference there. (laughs) There's just nothing like your sister roasting you, right? Where They just call you out so specifically and it's always on like, so on point, you're like, mm, yep, well, okay, you got me there, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's just was, it was really good. And I'm just relishing in this, you know, the female led like performances in a movie and how they can make a box office smash and there's not a leading man. Yeah. I love it. Like, I love it so much, you know? I have a little inner anger that it took them this long to realize that. But here we are, you know, moving forward. You know, <laughs> progress is slow, but it's it's still progress. It is, and, you know, and we're seeing a lot of it more and more, like Captain Marvel, and you know, Jude Law's character, and that was a supporting role. Yes, you know, and he's he's a big name, and mm-hmm. he played a small part, and I love it. I love where it's it's moving toward for sure. Yes. Oh, one other thing about Val that like came to my mind. We might see her in the Marvels. If you remember at the end of WandaVision, they take Monica Rambeau into the movie theater. Yeah. And they're saying the guy upstairs. And remember how she was like, God? And he was like, she's like, no, the other man upstairs referring to Nick Fury. Yeah. So I feel like Nick Fury is going to be in the Marvels. And I thought, who better to make a cameo than Val? Knowing that that's probably where we're going to see their history kind of play out. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I hope has... they have a love child that's going to show up and do something, be a superhero. I hope right. there's one somewhere. That'd be great. That's going to be, I, yeah, I don't know where they could take it other than, you know, Fury like explains, like, I got worked over by a sleeper agent. Like, it was right under my nose. And she worked, worked for Hydra, had no idea. Not my best work. <laughs> you know? Like, that's how I expect it to play out. I don't know if they'll go like the love child route. That'd be cool. Here's my theory as to why. Okay. So that's why I was asking if she was a widow. Cause if she is, then she doesn't have, she had a hysterectomy when she was mm-hmm. probably 13 or something. If they do, like, what better weapon against your like arch nemesis that you're pre- like your frenemy that you're than his own child that could probably take him down? Cause nobody's been able to take down Nick Fury. And perhaps that's her goal. I don't know. Little theory, throwing it out there. Not a bad one. So, Not a knows? bad one. Yeah. A girl can dream, right? Yeah. Okay, now it is time for the Fangirl Spotlight of the Week. Julie, what do you have? Coming up is Comic-Con at Home. This is probably going to be the last free Comic-Con event, hopefully, that we will ever see 
in our days. It is slated for July 23rd through the 25th. It's a free online event. And it is available to stream on the Comic-Con International YouTube website. There are a few panels that I myself am looking forward to. We have Lucifer. There's going to be a Roswell, New Mexico panel. Get excited, folks. And TV Guide actually had a good lineup as well. So I'm excited. So mark your calendars again for July 23rd through July 25th. So this episode comes out on the 21st, you guys. So you have two days to sign up for this, but it'll definitely be worth it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast to hear all the latest episodes. We want to answer your burning questions. So give us a follow on Instagram at the fangirls podcast and Twitter at the underscore fan underscore girls and like our community page on Facebook to join the conversation. See you next next time. time. We here at the Fangirls Podcast are not affiliated with the following. Marvel, Disney, Black Widow, or any part of the MCU. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.